On today's episode of Saved by the Ball, we bring on new guest, special guest, my fraternity little brother, young Eli. We're going to be talking about the NHL playoffs, recapping the Stanley Cup, recapping the terrible series of the NBA playoffs, jumping into some MLB, giving y'all some updates on that, and a little bit more. Let's do it. For a white guy. So for this week's guest, we brought on young Eli. Eli, shoot us an intro. What's up? Yeah, so um, you know, generally interested in all sports, really kind of focused on all all players really. Um, really fascinated what some athletes can do and really uh, interested in bringing my insight to the to the table today to the conversation so um, ready to get started oh yeah all right we're gonna first talk about the Stanley Cup NHL playoffs are wrapped up the Washington Capitals are your Stanley Cup champions they won in five games started off 0-1 but uh, finished off winning four straight so Eli the Capitals winning this year's Stanley Cup is blank it's huge it really is I mean you know Hockey, to me, has never been super on my radar, but once these two teams came up, you know, Las Vegas being the underdog and coming to the Stanley Cup, and then, um, you know, the Caps on the other side never uh, having been on the, you know, winning radar of the Stanley Cup either. So um, really a new platform that's really exciting, honestly. Um, you know, I've, I've recently become a lot more interested in sport, and so definitely, definitely seeing a shift in that where people are paying a lot more attention I'm like you. I have not followed hockey once in my life. Didn't really follow it much this season. To be honest, didn't follow much of the playoffs. But um, just watching the back end of the playoffs, really I felt closer to one team than the other. It's nothing against the Vegas Knights and nothing against them, how far they've done. What they were able to do is incredible. Being an expansion team, making it to the Stanley Cup Finals, um, really looking solid out there. But in a sport where I don't have a favorite, I'm... I'm going to go with the team that has the best story behind it. And unfortunately, the Las Vegas Knights just didn't have that story that the Washington Capitals had. I mean, you look at the Las Vegas Knights, while they are an expansion team, they really haven't gone through the adversity. They haven't gone through the struggles um, like the Washington Capitals have. This is a team that's been founded since the 70s, have never won a Stanley Cup, have come close a couple of times, but never quite gotten there. They have all-star great player Alexander Ovechkin, Captain, leader, great player. Um, this was a team that was really fun to watch and just super exciting for them to be able to pull off this huge win. Not only did they win the Stanley Cup, but they were able to beat their rival, their all-time rivals in the series before, uh, something that they had never done. They were able to do that and then continue that uphill swing in the Stanley Cup and just have an amazing five-game series win. And then hearing TJ Oshie give his speech at the end really hit home for me. Um, and it was really cool to hear him talk about his dad like that. And it was just really cool to see them win and see kind of how they've been celebrating. And you can't help but feel happy for him. So to answer the question, the Washington Capitals winning, the, winning this Stanley Cup is remarkable. It's amazing. And props to them for being able to pull off what they were doing. Following this, definitely going to have to watch uh, hockey and stay up to date with it in the future because it seems like a cool sport. And it just stinks that it is... Um, right in line with basketball season because 
it's hard to follow both at the same time. I mean, Eli, you're a big basketball fan. Have you felt that same way? Yeah, definitely. You know, two two major sports kind of uh, overlapping with each other um, really makes it hard to focus on one, you, especially with so much controversy co- controversy around um, the NBA playoffs and, and kind of the finals in general. Um, but, you know, like you said, I, I think it's an interesting play because, you know, the Las Vegas Knights losing doesn't put as big of an expectation on them for next season. You know, just coming off this expansion and, you know, really gives them opportunity to grow and, and really come back to that stage and, and be better, essentially. I mean, this was their first run at it with a lot of um, kind of lower-name guys, uh, guys that a lot of teams kind of gave up on. Um, so it was, it was a nice Cinderella story, but um, I definitely, definitely think it gives them a little bit of space out of the limelight. Um and, and definitely room to, to improve and, and come back and be more successful next season, hopefully. Yeah, like you said, with the uh, controversy around the NBA, it makes it not as exciting for next season to watch, especially after the way this past season ended. Definitely going to have NHL more on my radar come fall of next season. Definitely is a sport that seems like it doesn't have as, as much controversy. And... Uh, isn't full, isn't as full with uh, as much prima donnas. So to go on to our next segment now, now we're going to talk about the NBA, talk about the finals, how awful of a series it was to watch. Um, Warriors swept in four. LeBron James and the Cavs kept it close-ish. Game one, they should have won thanks to a missed free throw from George Hill and an idiotic play by J.R. Smith. They ended up losing that game in OT, and then come game three, they had a chance. They looked like they might be able to pull it off, but they didn't finish the way they should have, and games two and four weren't weren't anything to uh, bat an eye at. So this was a pretty boring series overall. I don't think anybody was surprised by this outcome. But Eli, the Warriors winning this year's NBA Finals is what? It's, it's just horrible, honestly, for, for the sport of basketball. You know, seeing this after a couple of years, it, it just gets tiring, and you know, you don't want to see these super teams anymore. You really want to see, you know, um, overall spread out teams where there's, you know, like it was in the past couple of years, um, where there's some guys, superstars on some teams, but it's not all centered around, you know, the starting five being all top all-stars. All and I think it's really difficult to, to make yourself kind of even want to watch it because coming into the finals, you, you actually already saw and knew the expectation of how everything was going to result. And it, it's just really frustrating when – you know, the games before the finals are more exciting than the actual finals. So, hoping there's a shift in that, honestly. It's awful. That's what it is. This is awful that the Warriors won. We all, the the NBA has shot itself in the foot. They have allowed these teams to perform or to gather all-star players and create these super teams to where no other sport has been able to do what NBA has done, and that is have the same two teams in the finals four straight years in a row. Now, you have some people saying that that is spectacular and amazing and, oh, so cool. Um, but in all honesty, it sucks. Um, it's not exciting to watch. These teams aren't enjoyable. They're not fan favorites unless you're a bandwagon Golden State fan, ex-Lakers fan, or you're a LeBron James fan, which... I mean, to be honest, LeBron James is a great player, so I don't blame people for um, liking him. But with that and the NBA making it abundantly clear that the refs are biased and one-sided and want the outcome to turn a certain way, this has really made this has really made the NBA look bad. 
you have all these great teams out there that are exciting and have great fan bases, but there's nothing that these teams can do to make a dent. I mean, you had the, uh, Houston, who had the best record going into the postseason and ended up losing in seven games. And it just makes you think, okay, well, what would happen if another team would be in it? And the only good thing the NBA, the NBA has going for them is that LeBron James will probably leave Cleveland, which means Cleveland will not be in the finals for the first time in four years. Um, so that's the only exciting thing going into next season. Unless you're a Spurs fan, then you're a little anxious about the whole Kawhi Leonard situation. But there's just not much to be excited about after this after this finals. I mean, what do you think, Eli? Yeah, I mean, you know, definitely want to give credit to those teams, at least a little bit, for making it to the finals, you know, like you said, four straight years in a row. Um, but, you know, at, at this point, like I mentioned earlier, it's just, you know, nothing's changed, really. Um, you know, LeBron put a lot on his back, and I think he's kind of fed up, and I think we saw a lot of that um, in Game 4 where he kind of came out and <clears throat> was, you know, shaking everybody's hand. Um and just getting ready to leave the stage. And I think that kind of set the precedent for, you know, what's going to be happening this offseason um, with, you know, him possibly leaving, most likely. Uh, I think there's a lot of options for him to go, and I think I think the best option for him is, is Houston, frankly. Uh, I'd love to say him going to the Spurs is what I, I think would happen, but I think he's really just looking to get back to a team that's, you know, hungry and anxious to, to really win and, and to really just screw the, the Warriors. I mean, he put that team, the Cavs, on his back, and without a doubt, he was, you know, a superstar in that. There's no no doubting that. Um, there's only so much one person can do for a team, and, um, you know, it's hard with the, with the sport of NBA and basketball having, you know, only five guys on the court at one time. It's not like football, um, baseball, or, you know, hockey like we were just talking about. You can have, you know, pay enormous amounts for five guys to be on the court all at the same time. Whereas football, you have to have 11 on the field or, you know, uh, all these other sports have multiple athletes and you can't really um, afford all that for, for the guys that you need on the field. So um, definitely interested in seeing how, how it's going to play out and, you know, what LeBron is going to end up doing and, you know, where the sport of basketball is going to go in general. Yeah, so I was going to ask you where you thought LeBron was going to go, but... Clearly, you think Houston. Um, yeah. Why do you think Houston? Is there any other team that you think he could end up at? Yeah, you know, like I said, I think uh, I think the Spurs would be a great fit just with Pop and kind of the stage that he's at in his career. And you got Dejounte Murray already hugely publicly advertising and recruiting him to come to the Spurs. I mean, after the finals finished, he posted that Instagram post and he's posted on Twitter. And I think there's a lot of people that want him to go for the Spurs. Exactly. And I don't think it would be like a, a Cleveland Cavaliers situation where he's, you know, uh, at least DeJounte feeling like he's being a little brother like Kyrie was. I think he's going to take uh, that opportunity to be under LeBron's wing and, and really just use that as guidance. Because LeBron at this point in his career is kind of at that almost peak slash retirement stage, similar to Tom Brady. He's at the mentoring stage. Exactly, exactly. So I, I see, you know, San Antonio possibly being a good fit, but also just the hunger that, that Houston's got. You know, they kind of called out Golden State early on in the season saying, you know, we want them, like we want them. And I think I think LeBron fits well with that. And from a, from a career standpoint, I think, like I said, he's kind of at that mentoring stage where he necessarily doesn't want to be in the spotlight the entire time. He will do his job and get everything done um, if he is needed to, but... 
I don't think he wants that weight all on his shoulders. Yeah, I definitely see him not wanting to have to put in 120% just for his team to show up. Um, I'm, I'm sure he's tired of that, and he's getting older and getting more tired. But do you, you? So you don't see you see him only going to the West. You don't see him wanting to stay in the East. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting because you know you probably face the the Warriors early on in the season, um, which could really be you know a setup for what's going to be happening in the playoffs essentially. So. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, ultimately, it's his decision, so uh, I can only give a little bit of speculation. But from a player standpoint, after losing um, and kind of the the sour taste that it seemed like it left in his mouth um, with the way everything went down, especially in game one, it's just frustrating as a as a as a formal former football player to kind of understand like you giving all your effort and you know nobody else kind of pushing their way forward. Um, so I definitely think you know him shifting to a team that's really hungry, like Houston, is going to be the most effective for him because there doesn't seem to be anybody else, at least NBA teams, that are as you know ambitious and you know, like I just said, hungry to 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 win and to win that NBA um, championship. So uh, I think I think that's where he'll be. So I see three three scenarios. One is LeBron stays at Cleveland, which it's very slim. I say 5% chance. What about you? How much percent chance that LeBron stays at Cleveland and plays with them next season? I'd agree with you. 5%. You know, I, I don't think it's a good good fit for him anymore. I don't either. But there is a chance. Just That's where he's from. That's his team. Besides going with the Heat and then coming back, you know, that's where he's played the majority of his career. So there's definitely that chance that he stays. Um, but very slim. Second scenario is that he goes into free agency, and he goes to whatever team he wants. The third scenario that I think is quite interesting is he renews his contract and has Cleveland trade him. Now what this does is it allows Cleveland to get something in the, in return for losing him, almost like a goodbye present, like, Cleveland, I'm leaving, it's been real, it's time for me to move on, but here's what's going to happen. You're going to sign me to a one-year deal, and you will trade me to said team that I want, and you'll get something in return for it instead of getting nothing. Now, I can see him doing this as someone that's from Cleveland and given so much of his career to Cleveland. There's a possibility that I see him wanting to do this just as a goodbye present or a see you later, good luck. I want, I want this team to still do well after I leave. That's definitely very possible. It does make it harder for him to find the team that he absolutely wants because then that requires that team to give up in order to get him. But I do think that is a scenario that we do need to kind of keep an eye out for because it definitely could happen. Now, if he does choose to leave, which I think is the most logical and most probable scenario, is um, he's got two options. He can either stay in the East like he always has, or he can go to the West. If he stays in the East, he will be the big dog like he has always been. If he goes to the West, there's no guarantee that he will be the big dog. Um, It depends on the team he goes to, but... You have Kevin Durant, who has stepped up big time, who has done, numbers-wise, pretty amazing things. This has won two championships in a row and two MVP finalists in a row, and he's done that in the West. Now, can LeBron go to a team and put up similar type numbers as Kevin Durant? I don't know if that's possible, and if LeBron wants to continue to be the top dog, I think his best option is to stay in the East, to go to the Sixers. This is a team that needs senior leadership, and has the potential to be great, 
They're going to have a big rivalry with Boston. Boston's going to be great with Kyrie and Gordon Hayward coming back and with all of these young studs that they have like Tatum. Boston is not going to give up to get LeBron. Boston's not getting LeBron. So the Sixers' best chance to compete with them is to get LeBron. And I think LeBron would fit in pretty well there. However, if he wants to go to the West, I don't see him wanting... I don't see it possible for him to go to the Rockets. I just don't see that happening. I don't see them having enough to get him without giving up too much of their team. And LeBron is getting to the point now where you can't give up your entire team for him because the potential for future return on investment is slowly starting to dwindle down. And you're bringing in this person to be more of a senior type leader mentor. So cutting your team, trimming the fat in in order to get LeBron, I don't think is the best move, which is why I don't see him going to Houston or San Antonio I think he's going to go, if he goes to the West, to a team where he's not going to have pressure on to win, um, or at least not right away, which is why I think he's still going to the Lakers. I think he wants to be in L.A. I think he's already publicly said he he's a fan of Lonzo, and he thinks that he's going to go places. So I think he's going to go to a young team that doesn't have too many eyes on them yet, and he can help develop these players and kind of bring awareness to the team and then hand off this team um, while they're in the limelight. So I think that's why he'll go somewhere like uh, Los Angeles Lakers, but it definitely will be interesting to see where he ends up. I would just say, honestly, you know, I, I think the trade kind of situation is tough to say that it happened just because since he's his own player, he's going to make the best decision possible for him. Um, he doesn't have any obligation necessarily to the organization other than being, you know, that being his hometown and, um, you know, being a big part of his life. I think, uh, I think if he does go to Houston, it'll be interesting because it's kind of like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors more or less, just because at OKC, Kevin Durant had so much pressure on him being the superstar on that team. Of course, they had Russell Westbrook, but it was really KD taking all the last-minute shots, all the the big-time moments were surrounded by KD, and then he went to the Warriors where he had Steph, Draymond, and Clay, all guys who could kind of take a little bit of that away. Of that spotlight from him and now everybody thinks he's you know one of the greatest of all time which he is a great player he's, he's one of the best by far but kind of the recognition that I've seen given to him has been um, in part to not not taking so much responsibility um, in, in kind of the outcomes he's been kind of a quiet player to me um, but still just phenomenal completely phenomenal and, and I think it's because you know there's a lot less pressure on him and I think that's the type of situation that we see from LeBron um, if he does go to Houston, um, I don't think he'd necessarily put up the same numbers because he wouldn't have to. That's not his, his role anymore. He's going to have James Harden and Chris Paul there to help him. And, um, you know, kind of the money situation or kind of what they're going to have to give up. I think at this point in LeBron's career, he's made enough money to not have to worry about um, taking, a, you know, a $100 million contract or um, kind of worry about, you know, necessarily um, any of the financials of that, that transaction, but really just focus on winning championships. You know, he's been to, I believe it's like nine uh, championships already and, and definitely want to see that, that ratio um, hit, hit 500 for him. So uh, that's my last take on that. All right, yeah, for sure. Um, so we're going to go into our next segment. We're going to be talking about the MLB. It's exciting now that NHL and NBA is ending up. MLB, got more room to talk about that. Um, tied for my first favorite sport, tied with college football. So we're really going to dig into it. 
Um, I'm excited to start talking about the MLB more on here. So kind of what we'll do is we'll recap weekly um, how the top standings are going, how the top teams are doing, and just kind of give you some updates from there. So we'll start with the AL. Uh, in first, we got the Yankees. Last week they went 5-6, uh, of six, uh, going 1-2 one of, uh, one of two against Detroit, winning both of the two games against Toronto, and winning both the games against their in-town uh, cross-city rivals, the Mets. And second, you got the Red Sox, who went 3-6, of six, kind of had a bad week for the team with the most wins in the MLB. They went 2-3 and three against Detroit, but went 1-3 and three against the third-to-last White Sox. Very strange there. Uh, and third, we got the Mariners, who jumped over the Astros. They won 4-6, of six, going 1-1, splitting the series against the Astros, 1-2, and two, and uh, going 3-4 of four against the Tampa Bay Rays. In fourth, you got the Astros, who went 5-6, of six, uh, five of seven. If you're going to include, uh, if you're going to include today's win against the Rangers, um, they went one of two against the Mariners. They split that series, and then they swept the Rangers in four games. And in the Angels, we have the Angels in fifth. They won five out of their five out of their six. They swept the Royals as well as going two of three from the Twins. Now in the NL, we got first place Brewers, who only went two of five of their last five games getting swept by the Indians and going 2 of 3 against the Phillies. And second, we got the Cubs going 4 of 6, going 2 of 3 against the Phillies and 2 and 3 against the Pirates. In third place, we have the Nationals going 3 of 4, sweeping the Rays and then going and splitting the series against the Giants 1 and 2. And fourth, we got the Braves uh, that went 2 and 5 last week, 1 and 3 against the Padres and splitting the series against the Dodgers 1 out of 2. And in fifth place, we got the Cardinals who won 3 out of their 6, getting 1 out of the 3 against the Mariners, and two out of three against the Reds. So, that's the update for the top five teams in each league. Eli, is there a team that you have that's a favorite that you're expecting to really do well this year? Yeah, I mean, I, like I mentioned earlier, uh, kind of in the intro of myself, I'm really focused on players, and, uh, you know, being from Texas, you, of course, you know, have to favor the Astros just coming off that uh, championship win, but... Not one team that I'm particularly in uh, favor of, but I'm definitely interested to see how, how the Yankees and Astros kind of end up just with, you know, the Yankees picking up uh, Giancarlo Stanton and uh, how that's going to affect the, the outcome of, uh, of the AL. Yeah, I'm really excited about the Astros. Um, they are in fourth right now, but I think that they're, I mean, they're not far back from um, the top teams and they got a great lineup. They got great. They have a they have a great starting rotation. This is just a team that I think is just trying to figure things out. Once it gets down to it, they'll dig down deep and start playing with a little bit more fine tuning and uh, look a little bit better going into the back half of the season. We still got the All Star break coming up in about a month, and uh, that's when it's really going to start uh, getting into gear. Uh, the Red Sox look, looked hot. They're starting to cool down a bit. We'll see if that stays. The Mariners are playing pretty well, jumping over the Astros. Um, but, you know, I think that the Astros and Yankees are going to be the main two teams in the AL that finish up there. Um, and in the NL, you know, it's just kind of all over the place. You had the Diamondbacks up there for a while. You had the Rockies up there. Uh, the Dodgers were supposed to be doing well, and they're kind of struggling a bit. So the NL is kind of up in the air um, on who's going to really take control and start leading those teams all right, so now down to our final segment, the one-minute rundown. It's been, a, it's been a hot minute since we've done it, so just a reminder, we put them in at the clock. We're going to read through these headlines that happened from last week, and we'll see how many we can get to before the buzzer goes. So, first, 
Red Sox, J.D. Davis is the first person to reach 20 home runs this season. How important is this for the Red Sox? Not at all. Wins are the only thing that matters in this league. Totally unimportant. Brian Colangelo resigns as president of 76ers. How embarrassing is this for the organization? Not as embarrassing as it is for his wife. The dude places the blame on all of the fake Twitter accounts on her. So that's going to be an interesting household to go home to. But embarrassing for the Sixers? Eh, it's a little blemish, but I think they'll get past it. Rafael Nadal wins 11th French Open, making it his 17th major win of all time. Where does this rank him on the greatest athletes of all time list? At the top right now. I mean, Roger Federer and him have always been competing, and it seems like he's kind of taking the reins. Delaware becomes first state to allow sports betting after the Supreme Court ruling. Is this the start of something? Uh, yeah, I think it is. I think you're going to see a lot more states start getting involved in this, and it's going to get hot and heavy, and it's going to be exciting, so we'll see where it goes from here. Loris Karius, Liverpool's goalkeeper, is said to have suffered a concussion prior to his three allowed goals in the Champions League final. Does this change anything about the outcome of the game? I de definitely think it changes the outcome. You know, once a player's got his head kind of wrung a little bit, definitely affects his decision making and, you know, the capabilities that he can normally do. Uh, Julian Edelman receives four-game PED suspension. How would this affect the Patriots? Not at all. This is a player that didn't even play last season, and this is a team that has Tom Brady as their quarterback with wide receivers that are constantly going in and out, and they still seem to put up good numbers. So I don't say this is a big deal at all, seeing that it is only four games. LeBron will appear on the next cover of the NBA 2K for the 20th year anniversary. Big deal. Agree or disagree with this? I would disagree. I mean, I kind of feel like it's irrelevant at this point in his career. We already know that he's one of the best of his time right now, so I think it just kind of further pushes the notion that how great he is. Oliver Luck, Andrew Luck's father, will be XFL's first commissioner. Does this help the XFL in any way? Yes, I think it does. They got a good person at the helm. This is somebody that's been a an athletic director at a big university. He's done big things, and I think this will uh, put it on the right track. And there's the buzzer. You know what that sound means. Thanks for listening. Eli, thanks for being on the podcast with us. It was a lot of fun. It was awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, dude. That is it. Y'all take it easy. We'll see you next week. I dearly